The hypocrisy of Western so-called democracies really is shocking. In this video today, I'm going to show clips of a parliamentary hearing that was held with the Foreign Secretary of Britain, Liz Truss. This is the top diplomat in charge of foreign policy. And in this briefing, she was asked if Saudi Arabia is an authoritarian regime. Of course, everyone in the world knows that Saudi Arabia is a dictatorship. It's a hereditary absolute monarchy. There is not a shred of democracy in any way. It is the definition of an authoritarian regime. But what was the response of Britain's foreign secretary, Liz Truss? She refused to say that it's authoritarian. And after being asked seven times, she refused to name a single human rights abuse committed by Saudi Arabia. What was her response? Her response was, Russia is our threat. And because Russia is our threat, we have to find new sources of energy. And we need Saudi Arabia and the Gulf monarchies for that energy. She said it openly. She admitted, we need to collaborate with the most brutal authoritarian monarchies on the planet, including Saudi Arabia that executed 81 people on one day just a few weeks before because Russia supposedly is authoritarian. In the same hearing, she constantly condemned Russia and China as authoritarian, and she called them threats to democracy. Meanwhile, she refused to say a single critical word about the most authoritarian regimes on earth, the Gulf monarchies backed by the West. This is truly an incredible video clip. And one of the concerns I've had about development spending in the past is, is it contributing to our overall objectives of promoting freedom and democracy around the world? We're now following up with the network of liberty work on expanding our partnerships in a region-based security and economic partnerships. So Russia is our number one immediate threat, although I do believe that in the long term, we should be very, very concerned about China. Well, NATO needs to be more actively looking at the threat from China. You said you were talking about authoritarian regimes earlier, and you've said that the UK should be a robust counterweight to authoritarian regimes and that we are ending our dependency on authoritarian regimes for energy. How would you describe the Gulf states? I would describe the uh, Gulf states as partners of the United Kingdom. We're currently negotiating a trade deal with the GCC. Now, is every country that we work with uh, exactly in line with United Kingdom policy on everything? No, they're not, but they are important allies of the United Kingdom. Hang on, Mohammed bin Salman, um, responsible for the murder of Jamal Khashoggi, no? Yeah? I. What I would say is that Saudi Arabia is, is an important partner of the United Kingdom. 81 executions all on one day in Saudi Arabia. And you, you don't think that that's an authoritarian regime? What I'm focused on is making sure that we are dealing with the major threats to the world. The number one threat we're dealing with at the moment is the threat from Russia. In order to do that, we need to make sure that we have alternative 
energy sources. And one of the key sources of energy is the Gulf region. We're not dealing in a perfect world. We're dealing in a world where we need to make difficult, difficult decisions. And I think it is right that we build that closer trading relationship with the Gulf states. If, an if a country is an authoritarian regime, it's fine to do business with it as long as the authoritarianism is only within its own borders. Is that right? What, we, what we're facing with Russia is a regime that is actively seeking to invade sovereign nations and create a greater Russia, okay, recreate the former Soviet Union. What we're seeing with China... Yeah, but we went hand in well, cap to them for 12 years, and, it, well, and, and now wrong. we're doing the same with Saudi Arabia. Well, I, I think that was wrong, uh, the approach that was taken you to Russia it. by the West. It was wrong. In the Gulf um, trade document that you just published, you say the government will continue to hold those who violate human rights to account. How are you doing that in the Gulf states at the moment? Well, these issues are raised regularly with the relevant ministers and leaders who we meet in the Gulf states. You and have what personally? Our aim, I have personally, yes. Well, your spokesman said that you hadn't. So what was, what's the last human rights issue that you raised with a Gulf state leader? I'd, I'd have to come back to the committee on the precise timing of that. But well, I anything. Have Just tell us it. anything that you said well, on I human rights. Well, I certainly have within... raised it when I was in... Go on, tell us I'm one I'm just now. trying to remember my most recent visit, but I can assure you I have raised it, and I will write to you with the details. You can't remember a single human rights issue that you've raised with a Gulf state leader? Oh, I've raised particular issues when I've been in the Gulf about well, name human one. rights issues. I'm not going to go into all the details of private conversations, which I will come back to you on in due course. I'll name one. So that was the top UK diplomat condemning Russia and China supposedly as authoritarian while refusing to say one critical word about the authoritarian regime in Saudi Arabia. I wrote an article about this at multipolarista.com. It's titled... UK foreign minister can, refuses to admit Saudi Arabia as authoritarian while condemning China and Russia. You can find this at multipolarista.com. And I'm going to go through some of the main points of this, and I'm going to go and respond to some of the clips and provide analysis and context. This is an incredibly ironic hearing. This was held on June 28th by the UK Parliament's Foreign Affairs Committee. This is the official video and audio recording you can find on the Parliament's website, parliamentlive.tv. All the video clips here in this video that I'm using are directly from this UK government website. So these are the official video clips. And this was held on June 28th, and it was two hours long, and a lot of it was spent just responding to ridiculous questions and basically all of the parliamentarians, all the members of parliament were competing to see who is more hawkish against Russia and China, all pushing the new Cold War. Conservatives and labor MPs alike, they were all pushing for more hawkish foreign policy. In this same hearing, while Liz Truss was heaping praise on Saudi Arabia and, and emphasizing that Saudi Arabia is a key partner and an important ally of the United Kingdom. She emphasized 
that the UK is negotiating a trade deal with the Gulf Cooperation Council, which brings together all of the dictatorships, the authoritarian monarchies in the Persian Gulf. Here's that clip. I, what I would say is that Saudi Arabia is, is an important partner of the United Kingdom. I would describe the uh, Gulf states as partners of the United Kingdom. We're currently negotiating a trade deal with the GCC, and I think it is right that we build that closer trading relationship with the Gulf states. So while the British Foreign Secretary was praising these dictatorships in the Persian Gulf, these hereditary monarchies, she also boasted of this new plan, this new operation that the British government has called the Network of Liberty. This was announced in December 2021 by none other than Honorable Elizabeth Truss, that is Liz Truss, the Foreign Secretary. And this is the official announcement at the British government website, gov.uk. Building the network of liberty. Foreign Secretary Liz Truss gave a speech at Chatham House, which is this major Western government-funded think tank, to set out how the UK is building a network of liberty around the world. Liberty around the world. It sounds nice, right? Well, that idea of liberty includes the authoritarian Gulf monarchies that execute 81 people on one day. Now, in this, while she's talking about the network of liberty that Britain is supposedly building, she insisted that the chief goal of British foreign policy, our overall objectives, she said, are, quote, promoting freedom and democracy around the world. Here's that clip. And one of the concerns I've had about development spending in the past is, is it contributing to our overall objectives of promoting freedom and democracy around the world? We're now following up with the Network of Liberty work on expanding our partnerships in a region-based security and economic partnerships. Okay, so the imperialist West's very strange concept of freedom and democracy apparently includes the authoritarian hereditary monarchies in Saudi Arabia, the United Arab Emirates, Qatar, Bahrain. Well, that irony, that hypocrisy is very easy to point out. Western so-called democracies are not democracies. They themselves are deeply authoritarian. Look at the imperialist crimes they've committed around the world. But I also want to point out another incredible form of hypocrisy because in this hearing for two hours, the British Foreign Secretary Liz Truss constantly repeated again and again and again that Russia and China are so-called threats to Western so-called democracy. She called them malign actors and she said, claimed that they're authoritarian while she is praising the authoritarian Gulf monarchies. So here is Liz Truss condemning China and Russia and then explaining that the reason that Western so-called democracies need to support the dictatorships in the Gulf, the Persian Gulf monarchies, is because, surprise, surprise, Europe needs Gulf energy. It's oil and gas. And apparently Russia is so big and bad and a boogeyman, it's so evil that the West needs to support even more authoritarian, dictatorial, theocratic regimes in the Persian Gulf. Here are those clips. I mean, again, it, it really says so much about 
West, the West so-called democratic commitments. Russia is our number one immediate threat, although I do believe that in the long term, we should be very, very concerned about China. What I'm focused on is making sure that we are dealing with the major threats to the world. The number one threat we're dealing with at the moment is the threat from Russia. In order to do that, we need to make sure that we have alternative energy sources. And one of the key sources of energy is the Gulf region. Now, in this article that I published over at multipolarista.com, UK foreign minister refuses to admit Saudi Arabia is authoritarian while condemning China and Russia. I also point out that the Gulf monarchies are not the only authoritarian regimes that the British Foreign Secretary Liz Truss praised. In this same hearing, in which she constantly condemns China and Russia supposedly as authoritarian, she also praised the dictatorship in Rwanda. Rwanda has been governed for over 20 years by Paul Kagame, who was a CIA-backed death squad leader who became leader. He's been in power for longer than Vladimir Putin in Russia. But the West loves Rwanda's dictator because he's a total neoliberal. He sells out his country to Western corporations and he collaborates very openly with Western imperialism. Here's an article by a good journalist, Jeremy Kuzmarov, and it was published at Counterpunch back in 2018, exposing the crimes of the CIA's fair-haired boy, Paul Kagame, and the Rwandan Patriotic Front. And he talks about, he quotes this former FBI agent, Jim Lyons, who said that Paul Kagame was the fair-haired boy of the CIA and British MI6. So if you're backed by Western imperialism, well, it doesn't matter if you're an actual dictator that has been in power for over 20 years longer than Vladimir Putin. No, you're, you're a great Western ally. Here are clips of Britain's Foreign Secretary Liz Truss in the same hearing praising the, quote, very close relationship between Britain and the dictatorship in Rwanda. It's worth saying that Rwanda is a country where we are building a series of partnerships with Rwanda Absolutely. on and, a number I, of issues. I understand that. I don't, I don't wish to sort of you know, mm. be in any way critical. And of course, the United Kingdom and Rwanda have a very close relationship, which the Foreign Office is responsible for. So there you have it. Once again, China and Russia supposedly are these big bag of, of bad authoritarian boogeymen, according to Britain. But the dictatorships in Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates and Qatar and Rwanda are great Western allies for democracy and the network of liberty. It's not the only authoritarian regime that Britain praised, that the foreign secretary praised in this hearing. There's also a European authoritarian regime, Poland, that Liz Truss praised. And we're also working on this with our allies and partners. So, for example, Poland, who we have a defense agreement with, we are working on how do we get you know, more, more kit. Now, the fact that Poland is authoritarian hasn't been ironically been admitted even by Western mainstream media. Here's the BBC funded by the British government. This is a British regime propaganda outlet. Even they have acknowledged that Poland, which is a member of the EU and NATO, is authoritarian. Here's a, here's a report back in April 2022. Polish state becoming authoritarian, top judge says. The outgoing head of Poland's Supreme Court says the nationalist ruling 
Law and Justice Party, which is a far-right party, is moving the country toward an authoritarian state. But because Poland is a member of NATO and the EU, because Poland hates Russia with, with a burning, deep passion, well, Poland is portrayed as part of the network of liberty and supporting freedom and democracy. Because once again, as I constantly repeat, the U.S.-led imperialist war, it, the Second Cold War on China and Russia is, has nothing to do with democracy and human rights. It is about geopolitics. It is about maintaining U.S. unipolar hegemonic domination of the world, extracting the resources of the entire world so the resources and the labor of the world are controlled by U.S. and European corporations, with an emphasis on U.S. corporations. So Wall Street can continue to exploit the world. So the U.S. capitalist class can continue to exploit the entire world. That's what this conflict is about. And it's about opposing China's socialist model and Russia's state-led capitalist model, which is a capitalist model. Of course, it's not socialist like China's, but it's not the same as the neoliberal U.S. and European models. The largest, the largest companies in the Russian economy are state-owned companies, and the natural resources of Russia are owned by the state, and they're used by the state to fund government programs, unlike in the, the so-called democratic West, where the natural resources of countries are owned by private corporations and exploited by corporate, by billionaire oligarchs, these private corporate oligarchies that control the entire country. So as Michael Hudson, the economist, has constantly stressed in the interviews that I've done with him, the new Cold War, the, the second Cold War, just like the first Cold War, is also a class war. It's a class war led by finance capital and Western neoliberalism to destroy any other model of state-led development of the economy. So anyway, getting back to this incredible hypocrisy, we see that the British foreign secretary is completely willing to support authoritarian regimes in the Persian Gulf, in Rwanda, in Poland, again, a member of NATO and the EU. And meanwhile, she constantly reiterated again and again and again in this hearing that China and Russia are big bad threats. They are malign actors, she called them. She said they are key threats. She said Russia is our number one threat, but in the long term, we should be, quote, very, very concerned about China. And she called for expanding NATO because of the so-called threat from China. Here are those clips. So Russia is our number one immediate threat, although I do believe that in the long term, we should be very, very concerned about China. Or NATO needs to be more actively looking at the threat from China. And one of the concerns I've had about development spending in the past is, is it contributing to our overall objectives of promoting freedom and democracy around the world? And are we looking at it in a way that challenges some of the geopolitical efforts by malign actors. This is why we launched British International Investment as an alternative to strings attached investment from countries like China. And in fact, we're now working much more collaboratively with our G7 partners. So this weekend, we launched the Global Partnership for Infrastructure and Investment, which is $600 billion of spending. And it's a G7 collective effort 
to challenge the Chinese Belt and Road initiatives. The hypocrisy is truly jaw-dropping. But then again, Western imperialists are the, the leaders of the world, not in democracy and freedom, but rather in hypocrisy. That's what they truly lead the world in. So I'm going to conclude this video pointing out that this is not the first time that Liz Truss has praised the Saudi dictatorship and done so in order to demonize Russia. So saying that we have to support the most authoritarian regimes in the world to oppose so-called authoritarian Russia. Here, I note in this article that back in March, on March 23rd, the British Foreign Secretary Liz Truss tweeted that she had just spoken with Saudi Arabia's foreign minister, Faisal bin Farhan al-Sud. Now, Faisal bin Farhan al-Sud, his last name is Asud, which means he's a member of the authoritarian ruling family. This guy's a qualification to be foreign minister is having the proper bloodline. Again, this is as authoritarian as a regime could possibly get. It is a feudal monarchy run by a hereditary family. But Liz Truss boasted in March that she spoke to Saudi Arabia in order to, quote, call out Russia's egregious use of violence in Ukraine and support the humanitarian response. And she, she noted that working with Saudi Arabia is part of working with international partners. Again, praising Saudi Arabia as an international partner. Now, I noted that this, this call between the British and Saudi foreign secretaries was held on March 23rd. Now, 11 days before, on March 12th, Saudi Arabia executed 81 people on one day. 81 people. Of course, she made no mention of that in her phone call to the Saudi foreign minister. I note in this article that even Human Rights Watch, which is extremely biased on behalf of Western governments, it even lobbies for sanctions against socialist governments like in Venezuela and Nicaragua. Human Rights Watch is completely illegitimate. But even they had to acknowledge that this brutal Saudi mass murder was incredibly violent and criminal. Here is here's a report from March 15th in Human Rights Watch. Saudi Arabia, max execu mass execution of 81 men. Rampant abuses in criminal justice system make fair trials highly implausible. The article notes, Saudi authorities' execution of 81 men on March 12, 2022, was its largest mass execution in years, despite recent promises to curtail its use of the death penalty. Rampant and systemic abuses in Saudi Arabia's criminal justice system suggest it is highly unlikely that any of the men received a fair trial. What a surprise. It's a hereditary absolute monarchy. Saudi activists told Human Rights Watch that 41 of the 81 men executed, that is a little over half, belong to the country's Shia Muslim minority who have long suffered systemic discrimination and violence by the government. Many Saudi Shia are serving lengthy sentences, are on death row, or have been executed for protest-related charges following patently unfair trials. So this is the great ally in the Western network of liberty against supposedly authoritarian China and Russia. I also point out that 
back on February 25th, which is a day before Russia initiated special military operation and invaded Ukraine. A day after, Liz Truss boasted that she spoke to the representatives of numerous authoritarian regimes, including Saudi Arabia, an absolute monarchy, the UAE, an absolute monarchy, Poland, a far-right authoritarian regime, and Hungary, another right-wing authoritarian regime. But they're in Europe, so they're part of the European Union, so they, they, get, they get praised by Western imperialists because, yeah, they're authoritarian, they're theocratic right-wingers, but there, there are authoritarians. So this is how skin-deep the imperialist West's so-called commitment to democracy is. It's not about democracy, as I constantly repeat. It is about geopolitics, economic interests, the interests of Western corporations that want to maintain their corporate pillage of the planet, exploiting the resources and labor of the planet. And they want to crush China and Russia as poles representing a new kind of economic developmental model. And the neoliberal West, which is controlled by a capitalist oligarchy that doesn't care about democracy, they simply instrumentalize and exploit the language of democracy and human rights to advance their imperialist interests as they have always done.